Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hanukkah, COVID, and world conflicts. That's what we're going to be talking about today on the show. Hanukkah, the holiday of Hanukkah this week. Also, a new COVID variant. How wonderful. What will that bring us? More lockdowns? That's what they're talking about, a possibility of. Businesses are wondering, those that survived the first lockdown, will they be able to survive this next one. And the cancellation of tourists. I had a couple of people today call me furious that their mother was supposed to come or their sister was supposed to come. They took time off for work and they prepared for it. And now their visits and their vacations, etc., are going to be ruined because of this so-called new variant coming out of Africa. So what is next on the pandemic menu? Also, we're going to talk about is war on the horizon this winter with Russia on the Ukraine, China on Taiwan, and get this, our guest says even the United States is fomenting war. So, hmm, What will this winter bring us with food shortages? Possibly. We talked about that. I think a week ago, uh, cash, are we going to a digital cash, uh, system? Should we be putting our financial, uh, uh, files and portfolios all in order? What does this winter, uh, perhaps, uh, I won't say promise us, but what does it hold? as a potential for us all. It doesn't look too good. Truckers now, I understand it's things are going to be harder to get as well because they want all truckers to get vaxxed and not all truckers want to get the shot. And so some of them are not going to be bringing uh, us food and other things on our store shelves, especially if you're in the United States, etc. So what does the future hold in store? We're going to try to examine that. Hi to everybody all over the world, in the United States, Israel, Canada, Australia, United Kingdom, all over Europe, Algeria, France, Uganda, Norway. Did I make it? We'll be right back, everybody. Don't go anywhere. The return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel was prophesied in the Bible thousands of years ago and is coming true today. Shalom. Join me, Josh Wander, on Israel Unplugged. Listen in as we delve into the spiritual and physical aspects of the Jewish return to Zion. We'll discuss the biblically mandated, historic, and of course practical understandings of this incredible transition from exile to redemption. That's Israel Unplugged every Monday on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Hanukkah, COVID, and world conflicts. That's what we are going to be talking about today on the show. 
Hanukkah, the holiday, it's a week long. It is uh, a happy holiday, but uh, as you will learn this week, Hanukkah is much more than just a miracle of oil that was supposed to only last for one day's worth, lasting for eight days. It's much more than that. We'll be talking about that this week during the Hanukkah holiday. Also, with the new how do you pronounce it, Omicron variant of COVID. Uh, Businesses are fearing another possible lockdown, and they're wondering how will they be able to survive another lockdown if one comes about. And in the other news about world conflicts, what will we see this winter? Let me just read you some of the latest news headlines here. Russia's military buildup next to Ukraine, may force Joe Biden's hand. NATO chief warns Russia of costs if it moves on the Ukraine. That's by military.com. A U.S.-Russia war over Ukraine would be catastrophic. That's from Fox News. And another quick headline from Fox News. Why it's better than a 50-50 chance that Russia will attack the Ukraine this winter. Also uh, is predicted that China is going to invade very soon, perhaps, Taiwan. And my guest today on the show says, guess what? It's not just there we should be looking, but in, in fact, the United States government is fomenting new wars. Say what? Why? How? What? We're going to speak with our guest now, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. He's a researcher, former lecturer at Ben Gurion University, and has authored over 80 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideastern world issues. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. I wish we were talking about things that were nicer, but yes. <laughs> well, you know, we have to be like uh, Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. Be prepared. So we want to know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I never did any of that. That's okay. <laughs> Where would you like to start? Okay, let, let, let's talk a little bit about wars and, and conflicts and things that are going on around the world. One of the, um, one of the things that Trump did as a part of the Abraham Accords was he allowed or he recognized the suzerainty of Morocco over the area that's called Western Sahara. That's a very significant point that he did. And one of the things that Biden has been doing since he came in, or the Biden maladministration has been doing since they came in, is they have been attempting to basically rescind that recognition and foment a war there. Why? Who gives a bloody darn about Western Sahara, the Sahara Desert? What's there? Ah, what's there? 70% of the world's deposits of potash one of the most significant um, uh, 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 components of fertilizer. We spoke last week about a food crisis building up around the world. That's the story there. The United States is attempting to wrest the potash from the hands of Morocco, a Western ally, and put it in the hands of uh uh, Algeria, a radical Islamic state. Now, isn't that a funny thing to be going on here? 
so explain to our listeners, because from what we've been hearing from other news sources and on the social network is, is that the United States actually, uh, well, I should, shouldn't say the United States, but the, Biden, the left-wing Biden administration wants to see shortages of food because when a population doesn't have food, you can control them much easier. And so the soil isn't, if the soil isn't good for growing crops, then that might help a left-wing agenda that wants to take even more control. Oh, yes, you're absolutely correct, of course, but it's much more than that. It's not, I mean, I mean they, they, they've gained a great deal of control of populations via the manufactured COVID crisis. Remember, COVID does not, never needed to be a crisis. It, it was made into a crisis. It's a man-made crisis. Anybody who does, who, who speaks to honest doctors about what's going on, and I know that you have, Tamar, um, knows that there are treatments for COVID that are not problematic. I mean, and these treatments have been known for quite some time. I'm not saying from the very beginning, but they're certainly, they're certainly well known by many, uh, 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 many countries in, around the world. If we, if we look at India, one of the most densely populated countries in the world, they have far fewer, less than half the number of COVID deaths than the United States. Okay, but Mordechai, I think sophisticated medical establishment. I think that the that a lot of people today are waking up and they're getting sick and tired of this quote unquote pandemic and the government telling us where you can go, what you can do, if you can hold a celebration, you can't, if you can tour, if you can travel. They're getting sick and tired of it to get another booster and another booster. And now the kids they have to bring in. People are getting tired of it. They, there's only so much mileage that a government or that an agenda, uh, you know, whoever's running an agenda can get out of something. Once the people are not afraid anymore, and it seems like a lot of people are waking up, uh, they, they won't be able to get mileage out of it. So they're going to perhaps uh, try to have to take control in other ways and that could be with the food supply okay factually you're correct your phraseology is a bit distant from the phraseology used by leftists what they need to do is pass along to the next con uh, crisis or is there their agenda is 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 fueled and is motivated or I'm not motivated. I'm sorry. Is 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 fueled and, and progressed from crisis to crisis. Again, I, I've mentioned this in the past. The 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 uh, Michael Crichton book, uh, State of Fear. If you can control the people, you can control what they do. The best mechanism for control is fear. So they're using the the media to foment the fears. And they're using various types of uh, of things to keep the fear factor very high. So, some for, for the last nearly two years, it's been COVID, exactly as you just as you just said. COVID is getting old. There's only so much you can do with telling people that they can't continue their lives in a, in any sort of a normal manner when. Basically, everybody today knows, anybody who wants to, knows that there are pretty trivial things that you can do to keep yourself healthy or to regain your health if, if, you're, if you're struck down by the COVID. It's not, it's not all that big a deal. It's less than flu. 
Okay. But a lot of people have died because these preventive and also uh, remedial uh, therapies have been have been prevented from being used. Look, you know what? The whole thing is ridiculous. It's, it's now they're talking about the test. Now this is a a pandemic that's so deadly that you have to take a test (laughs) many times to know if you have it. Okay. That's how deadly it is. And 99.98% of the people survive it without any treatment whatsoever. And it's such a deadly pandemic that the, the countries can afford to let go Thousands and thousands of nurses and doctors, you know, who they say that the, the, they're so needed uh, to, to treat the people with, with this deadly pandemic. It's, it's just crazy. It's, it's just, just crazy anymore. I don't even want to talk about it. Let's move on. We only have another uh, minute and a half for this segment. Well, okay, but, but the, the next crisis is, is you know, we're, we're already th- we're talking about, we talked about last week, the energy crisis, the food crisis, all of these things. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, the inflation crisis, all of these things are being fomented all over the world right now. And also wars and conflicts are part of that. You know, if you can, if you can, if you can get a good war start. Remember, for the past hundred years, the Democratic Party in the United States, hundred years, a century, the Democratic Party has been funded and controlled by the industrial complex in America. Not just the military-industrial complex, as Eisenhower discussed it, but it's the military complex, it's the pharmaceutical complex, it's the so-called high-tech complex. All of these are controlling the Democratic Party. I've said time and time again on this station, on this uh, uh, um, thing, uh, 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 that you know, who is the government of the United States? Is it being run by Biden, a person who's both senile and dumb before he was senile, or the 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 the, the cackling camel, his 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 so-called imitation vice president. Clearly, they're not in charge here. They're not really the ones who are calling the shots. Who's calling the shots? The industrial complex, and the military part of the industrial complex cannot survive unless you've got wars. They've got to sell more ammunition and more weapons. They, these things have to be constantly going out the door. Otherwise, they don't have what to do. Also, perhaps uh, opportunity opportunity is presenting itself, and so they're going to jump uh, jump on that opportunity as well. We're going to be going to a break in another uh, few seconds. The music is going to come on, and we're talking today about COVID, about uh, Hanukkah and world conflicts. When we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. In the last segment, we're going to talk about the Hanukkah holiday and uh, the the real meaning of Hanukkah. And uh, we are live, if you're listening, between on Sunday between 4 to 5 p.m. Holy Time or if it's between 9 to 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. That means we are live and you can call into the show. Our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We're going to be right back, everybody. Hi, I'm Steve Miller. And I'm Matt Zucker. Join us for Lighten Up, where we take a look at the week's current events in Israel and from around the Jewish world through a humorous lens. If you've been paying attention during these crazy times, you know that it's a challenge to parody life anymore. 
But join Steve and I as we give it the old college try. Not only is being happy an obligation, but life is just too short to take it all so seriously. So join me, Steve Miller. And me, Matt Zucker. For a Lighten Up every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Israel, only on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. All right, we're back here at the Tamar Yonah Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Hanukkah, COVID and world conflicts. We've talked about COVID, uh, the new variant that is coming into the world now, and what do we see on the horizon? Perhaps more lockdowns already. To, uh, countries are closing their borders to certain other countries that they consider red with this new um, variant as well, etc. It's getting a lot of people angry, a lot of businesses angry, a lot of people who pl- plan vacations and to see their friends and family that they haven't seen perhaps for two years. So what will be with that? Will businesses survive another lockdown if one comes around? Also, we were talking about the uh, war that is possibly on the horizon between Russia and Ukraine. There's headlines all about it. If you want to go do a Google search for it, just put in uh, Ukraine and news, and you're going to see right there all of these headlines about uh, predictions that Russia is going to be marching in to Ukraine very soon. And also uh, the um, China and Taiwan, and talking about all of this, let's go into weaponry because our guest has something to say about that. Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, where would you like to start? Well, just to give, pardon me, just to give people a touch of background, I, 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 I spent about 50 years in weapons technology. So I, I, think, I, I think I can allow myself to talk a little bit about it. Um, uh, if we look, for instance, at what's called hypersonic weapons, we see right now that China leads the United States by at least five years, probably closer to eight. Um, the United States is falling behind in almost almost every car- weapons ca- uh, major weapons category today. They have fallen behind in tanks by at least uh, 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 a decade uh, in terms of uh, when they can catch up. They're way behind in, in un- uh, unmanned vehicles, uh, aerial, ground, and sea. Um, China's ahead of them, as I said, in, in hypersonics. Um, the leading in the world today, everybody's heard of Iron Dome. Uh, 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 I've given these numbers in the past. An Iron Dome installation costs about a quarter of a million dollars for, for the installation and $50,000 for, for each each time you shoot it off. The equivalent American system, the, it's called Patriot, um, it costs a billion dollars for each installation and two and a half million dollars as opposed to 50000 right? It's two and a half million dollars for each shot. Iron Dome has actually taken down 90% of its targets. Patriot system has never taken down a single target in, in, in real conflict. Um, but now, that's, going, that's looking backwards at what's, what exists and what's, what's happened. Let's look at some things that are happening now. Uh, Israel has just released two, just recently released two new systems. We have a new laser system. The equivalent American system needs needs the power plant of a ship in order to 
function, ours can fit on a Cessna. That's enormous breakthrough in terms of the power plant that's necessary. Ours actually works. It has actually shot down um, uh, 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 UAVs, unmanned aerial vehicles, and other and other things. Um, uh, and it's actually almost ready to be functionally deployed. And a second system that Israel just announced, um, as a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, about 14 days ago, a system called Scorpius, which is a uh, um, uh, 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 a system that runs that has no physical things that it shoots out. It uses electromagnetic um, uh, spectrum, and we can actually now we actually now have the capability of shooting down, shooting in double quotation marks, shooting down an enemy airplane without firing a shot, just electronically. We can actually freeze its electronics as it's in the air coming towards us. No country in the world has anything anywhere near that. And by the way, a comment here, the Iron Dome system has been operational now for about, what is it, a decade and a half, if I'm not mistaken? And yet no country in the world, including the United States, which has had access to technology, has anything equivalent to it or competitive to it. Okay. Even after 15 years. Okay, I have to ask you this question. And I, I, I like to be fair. I am not for the Biden administration. I'm not a leftist. I don't believe in that ideology. However, uh, saying that, all of what you've said, that America is not prepared militarily, their weaponry is old, they don't have uh, everything that they need. America, uh, Israel's weaponry is much newer and is developing, and we are very sophisticated. This was all under previous administrations. In other words, when Trump was in office for the last four years, and I, I like Trump, but uh, shouldn't he have taken care of this in the last four years, started making more... Uh, weaponry and more ships and more tanks and all of these things that you talk about? Isn't that, doesn't that light his doorstep for a failure rather than Biden? Okay, it's, it's a very reasonable question you're asking. The, 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 the basic answer is that we're not talking about quantity, we're talking about quality. We're not talking about should he have made more ships? He did make more ships. But that doesn't make them necessarily more sophisticated, more capable. So yes, he increased the number of ships, he increased the the budget for uh, for military things, but so that so the United States can now make a what's called a Tamir rocket, the rocket that Iron Dome uses. Except when it's manufactured in Israel, it costs fifty thousand dollars, and when it's manufactured by Raytheon, it costs one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So then, then we, at the same time, we have to acknowledge that uh, 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 former Prime Minister Netanyahu is credited with this with Israel's stance right now when it comes to the military and its prowess? Well, yes and no. We have to be careful how we phrase that kind of a, a comment. I'm not certain, saying that you're incorrect. It, 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 these these uh, 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 advances occurred on his watch, but these are not, this is not government action. This is companies. So if we have a company like Elbit, which is purely a private company, we have a company like Rafael, or Israel Aerospace, which are government-owned, but the government doesn't tell them what to do. 
the only government owns the shares, but the, the government does not manage these companies. These countries, companies are managed as private, as if they were private companies. The shares happen to be owned by the government, but they're managed as if they're private companies. So this is not the Israeli government. This is Israel as a, as a society. And what we're seeing is that what used to be called Yankee ingenuity has gone to sleep. And that is tragic and even dangerous. All right. So with all this information that we've uh, been discussing and delivering to our listeners, what, are, what conclusion are we to perhaps arrive at? Well, I, I'm not certain what the conclusion is. What, what I am saying is that um, Israel is in the midst of a, 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 a multiple parallel breakthroughs in some of the most most sophisticated weapons technologies on the planet today, no country, either east or west, can compete with the uh, 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 electromagnetic weapon that's called Scorpius, can compete with Iron Dome, can compete with our laser technology. No country is there. So Israel is now using this technology, among other things. Um, we just signed a, get this, a defense pact with Morocco, a defense pact between Israel and an Arab country in North Africa. We talked about North, Morocco a little bit in the last in the previous segment. Israel signed a defense pact. We're talking about the, some sort of defense pact now with the Emirates. That was to the west, and this is to the east now. So uh, uh, um, uh, uh, we're talking about. A whole new kind of, a whole new way of thinking about how we cooperate with one another in, around the Middle East. And to whose benefit do, is this more to, Morocco or Israel? I would think that Morocco's getting the better part of the deal because Israel is more advanced militarily, or not? Am I mistaken? Tell us. I, I wouldn't phrase it that way. Um, it's clearly, if we're only talking about. If, we all, if the only subject is technology, then they're getting a, an advantage of it. But the advantage to Israel is, is fantastic. It's enormous. First of all, these Arab countries that previously were not cooperating with us are now talking about cooperating on, uh, 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 in the economic sphere, in the defense sphere, in all sorts of ways that are unprecedented that didn't happen until basically a year and a half ago. They don't, they're only beginning now. And we're talking about the beginnings of a process, not the results of a process. So these are enormous advantages, mutual. Um, uh, uh, the Emirates are talking about now, by the end of 2022, to have a total of more than a billion dollars in trade, mutual trade between Israel and the Emirates. With their eventual, their event, their eventual um, um, uh, uh, target to be a trillion dollar deal, trillion dollar deal. So this would be very that, good economically as well as military. You're saying, absolutely, hmm. and it's also military. I mean, Israel today, according to news, I don't have any inside information here, but according to the news reports, Israel now has bases in uh, 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 on, on some of these islands that are. The south, uh, south of Yemen, we have bases, military bases, active bases, uh, 
Uh, uh, we're talking about military bases in various places in North Africa, in the Sahara, in the Sahel. This is power projection that Israel didn't even dream of just a few short years ago. Okay, hold it right there because we have to take a break and we're going to be right back, everybody. Don't go anywhere. Are you tired of political correctness and the fear that you might offend someone? I'm not afraid to offend you. Wow, look who's talking tough. One has to be tough to keep sane today. Hi, I'm Alan Skorsky. And I'm Bela Seabrow. And join us every Wednesday for The Definitive Wrap as we interview the most sought-after guests and expose progressive trends that masquerade as enlightenment but actually destroy our freedoms. We are the No Wolf Zone, so buckle up for this exciting show. Buckling up, but I'm driving. <laughs> sure, you can drive, but I'm the navigator. Tune in for the No Nonsense, the definitive rap show, every Wednesday on Israel News Talk Radio. All right, we are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and we've been talking about some very important news stories having to do with, God forbid, another lockdown, the COVID pandemic, a new variant. I'm sorry if I'm making little of this, but yawn. And uh, the world <laughs> conflicts, and of course now the heroic story of Hanukkah, which is not just about an, a flask of oil that was only enough for one day, but burned miraculously for eight days. But the real miracle of the holiday is the few rising up against the many, the superpower of the world. And we won. And we fought this bloody war for, it was the first religious war, in, basically in the history of the world. We fought for religious rights, that we should be able to keep the Torah, which under the uh, Greek Assyrian uh, Empire, we were not allowed to do when it came to that point. So uh, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem is our guest, and where would you like to start? Okay, let's start with what you just said. Let me uh, 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 sharpen those those facts a little bit. First of all, the the um, um, family name of the various rulers of um, uh, 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 of Syria at the time. Remember, Syria was a part of the Alexandria uh, Empire, Alexander the Great, Alexander the Macedonian. It broke apart. <clears throat> it broke apart when when Alexander uh, passed away. And Assyria was under a, a, a family called Seleucid, and they were called Antiochus. And we went one, two, three, four. The bad guy was number four. Antiochus III was very, very good. He was a very nice person. He was very much in favor of the Jews. He, he, he was very much in favor of Israel. He did a lot of very positive things for us. We should remember that. Because when we talk about Antiochus, we should differentiate between Antiochus III and Antiochus IV, because while they were father and son, they were very, very different from one another. So let's let's take one minute to go over briefly over the over some of the historical facts. Antiochus 
the fourth came into power when his father died. Um, one of the first things he did was he went to war with Rome. Bad mistake. Rome at the time was still very, very small. It was just a city-state. No big deal, but he managed to, um, they managed to beat Antiochus. They managed to beat the Syrians. Um, and in, in, in beating the Syrians, one of the things that they demanded as part of their uh, uh, the peace agreement was a very large reparations payment. Antiochus had nowhere to get the money from, so he decided that he would steal all the money out of the temple in Jerusalem. That's where the whole conflict began, because he was basically a jerk. So he went to war, war with Rome, lost, had to pay reparations, didn't know where to find them, went to Jerusalem to try to confiscate the um, uh, funds that were stored in the temple, basically the money that belonged to the Jewish nation. And to do that, he brought down all sorts of really, really difficult um, uh, 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 laws against Judaism. And these were the first, this was the first time in history that anybody enacted laws against Judaism. And these laws did not go very well for him. And I don't want to go into detail. We don't have uh, 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 a great deal of time to go into details now about the specifics of laws and etc. But the Jews didn't take to it very well, obviously. And that caused a war between the Greeks and the Jews. And uh, the, the, Greeks, the, the Hellenist Jews had a big part in this as well, though. They were absolutely. egging on uh, this Antiochus to go against uh, the Jews. They want. They loved the 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 culture, the Greek culture of you know the body, and, and this is when reverse circumcision came in. When when they had all of their naked uh, baths uh, with the Greeks, and they would do their Olympics running naked, etc. A lot of these Hellenist Jews realized, you know, we look different than the Greeks and they wanted to assimilate and they tried to do uh, reverse circumcisions to make them look Absolutely not different. Correct. Absolutely correct. And, and that was part of the problem. Uh, we should say that at the beginning of the process that we're talking about here, the Hellenist, the, the, the assimilationist uh, uh, group was larger than the traditionalists. It eventually turned around, but in the beginning they were, they were the largest number. So the, the war proceeded sometime in the middle of the war, not at the end, and this is very important. Um, we, we recaptured the Jerusalem, we recaptured the temple, we rededicated the temple, and that's the, the, the whole incident of the, of the, of the uh, uh, oil burning for eight days, but that's in the middle. And the war then proceeded, and we eventually managed to uh, regain total freedom. Remember, we did not have freedom before that. From the time of, of, of uh, uh, the return from Babylon, from Persia, under Cyrus the Great, right. we remained at least partially unfree under the Persians. And then when Alexander came in, he conquered us from the Persians, conquered without a fight. We didn't conflict with him. We, we remained neutral between the Persians and the Greeks. Uh, and the Macedonians, I, I should say, they're not really Greek in that sense, and they certainly aren't today. Um, uh, 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 Alexander was very nice to us, and as I said, Antiochus III was very nice to us. There was the fourth who was a jerk. Uh, he was a very bad person, as a matter of fact. 
he was it's not only the Jews that hated him, by the way, he was hated very much um, in, in a lot of other places as well, certainly throughout what's today called Lebanon and in other areas. Um, so what actually is the story of Hanukkah? What is it the historical story? Is it is it just this this series of events? The answer to that is no, it is not. The series of events have significance. The war that Hanukkah talks about is the forever war. There was a uh, 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 one of the the classic science fiction novels by a fellow by the name Joe Haldeman, which is called the Forever War. Uh, he was talking about the America's war in Vietnam because he, he was a Vietnam veteran. It's a very good book, by the way. We anyone who likes science fiction. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, but the real forever war is the war between the Jews and the Greeks, not the physical war, which took place during the time of the of the Maccabees and the time of the Hashmonaim, but the conceptual war, the philosophical war, and that war continues to this day. It is the real forever war in the history of the world. What is the basis of this war? Ideology. Basically, the difference that we're talking about, the basic cultural difference that we're talking about is the concept of time. Every culture in the world throughout history has its own unique concept of time. How does it view time? Under the Greeks, and this is what people in Europe and America still adhere to, time is a one-dimensional vector that is unchangeable and that is all that all that we can see is this one dimension of move, of motion. In almost every other culture in the world, certainly in Jewish culture, in Japanese culture, in 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 in, in, in India, in almost every place else, the concept of time is much much. Um, uh, I want to say more sophisticated, but that but that might infer that I'm speaking of something that's just negative. That's not not my intention. It's 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 much more complex than simply a unidimensional vector. It's more complex than that. If you talk, for instance, to uh, um, uh, uh, a Muslim, what is a Muslim conception of time? And you say, well, um, do you think in terms of the past, the present, or the future? And the Muslim will answer, yes, all three at once. That's why a Muslim will look at the Crusades as if they were happening yesterday or today. The Crusades are very much now for him, for the Muslim. And again, this is, I'm not speaking in any, in any sort of criticism of anybody. I'm speaking of facts. That's the way Islam views the concept of time. Time is amorphous. Uh, if you speak to a Japanese person uh, uh, of the Shinto religion, of the Shinto culture, and you ask him, uh, 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 how do you view, for instance, the 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 emperor of Japan? And the emperor of Japan is a direct descendant of the sun god, and it is part of the their now. Their now stretches for thousands of years. The same thing goes with Judaism. In Judaism, we don't look at time as being a unidimensional vector. We view it as being something much more amorphous and the difference between the view of time between Judaism and the Greek culture, which 
today translates into Christian culture, that is the story of Hanukkah. Darkness and light. You've got the Jews who are uh, bringing God into this world, the, the right values were against the Greek materialism, the Greek love of the physical, the body, the materialism, etc. And you've got the truth of uh, Judaism and God with, uh, with the Jewish people and the, the right to be able to worship. Uh, our and remember, God. we never say, we never have said, we never say that somebody else's opinion is incorrect. We're saying we have a right to our opinion. Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, I want to wish you personally a very happy and joyous Hanukkah holiday. You're going to go light the candles now, so am I, and my family, and all of the families of uh, Israel right now, and if you're in a different time zone when it gets dark. I want to thank you all, and I will be here on my next show, as usual, working during the Hanukkah vacation. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. And again, Hanukkah Sameach to you, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, and all of our listeners. Thank you, and to you, too. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at israelnewstalkradio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dots, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dots from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.